Alright, welcome back ladies and gentlemen to this week's episode of Grindstone Adventures. I am your host, Zach Fuhr. This is episode 15 with another college buddy of mine who is a fellow West Virginian for now. I will be leaving later this year. Um, he's been an outdoor nature kind of guy all his life. And I'll tell you, if you ever seen a picture of this guy, you're going to think he's 60, between 40 to 60 years old. Um, and if you see him, how he acts when he's drunk, you're going to agree with yourself. He's 40 to 60 years old. But he's really not. He's like 22 years old. Young buck. But uh, he, he's a good, cool dude. He gets down in the woods. So um, his name's Hazen. So, oh, yeah, he's, he's pretty good at lacrosse, too. Uh, I, I heard Tom Colley's better, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't get to see many games. But uh, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Just got back. Got back to the old Morgantown a couple days ago. One, I can official. I my friend and I. He had the same major as me, so we can officially call ourselves scientists. <laughs> what was your major? I never really figured that out. I, I'm an environmental science major, and I got a minor in biology. Damn, smart man. What you? What was your GPA graduating? I graduated with three three five. Oh, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, that first year was a rough one. It is for everybody. Let's see, I came in skiing um, with a. I think, I think I came in with a three zero three two, and then after my first semester, I had two eight, and that was the highest it got until I was that last semester I was on campus. But yeah, that's right. I had. I came in with a three four, and after my first year, I had a two four, and then I slow I slowly got better and better. Three zero next semester, then like a three four, and I got I actually got all the way up uh, fall this past fall. I had a three nine. Holy shit! And you were taking a lot harder classes when I was in undergrad. <laughs> Damn. That's, that's what they say, but I mean it's. I mean the I history department I, makes things hard, but. The classes aren't hard. It's just I didn't put any effort into them. Yeah, and that's right, especially when you get. See, I'm not. I'm not somebody that does a lot of work. <laughs> I don't do like I like. You assign like I'm like a big projects kind of guy. I can I type good. I type well. I test well. So if you do a bunch of homeworks in between, I'm probably not going to do well in your class. But if you, we just go off of like two term papers or presentation like four exam scores I'm probably going to get an A I, I see what you mean yeah yeah. that's how I was in uh, math classes it didn't matter what like what level of math like if you had me do homework I'm not doing homework I'm not paying attention while you're doing your lecture I, I've i learned it all before and like all I got to do is look over the book and see an example and I got it yep you, I'll come in I'll pass your tests but don't expect homework, at least not on time. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely not on time. <laughs> that was a big part of my... Yeah. See, I, I did not take the ACT very well when I was a senior in high school. I took it four times. I registered five and slept through the one, never showed up. But I started at 17, got the 20, and cut it off, said I was good. But uh, yeah. my math score was pretty bad, I guess, and math and... Social studies were my best subjects. Like, well, that's, that's not testing-wise, but like... Me too. 
I, I that was the what I was best at, but testing wise, I was bad at it all. But yeah, I mean, you guys seen what I did for social studies and stuff in college, and I mean, I know my stuff pretty well. It's just I have trouble articulating and getting it on paper, expressing it to people. And Muskinga yeah. made me take a. I don't even, how do you describe it? Like it, they had me take a prereq to a prereq of a math class because I tested that bad in math on ACT. Yeah. And like I got, I didn't care obviously because I knew that I didn't have to take them after that and that wasn't anything towards my major. So like I skipped probably eighty five percent of both of those classes. Hardly ever turned in homework and just passed enough tests to get a passing grade. And it would always make them mad because they knew I could do it. But I just never put any ounce of effort into their class. Yep, that was that was my problem. That was it was like, that was academically like grades wise. That was always same exact issue. I just couldn't put like all that, all that every every day. They wanted the people that wanted you to have the they want to you to do stuff every day for their class. I can't. I couldn't, especially like because that freshman year, you have to take a lot of the gen ed classes and if i'm not interested in it i'm not gonna put in a lot of effort outside of class your freshman and sophomore year dude that, that was my that was my junior and senior years right now i your senior year was uh my freshman year really yeah oh so you got you've seen the better end of my grades mm-hmm. oh my goodness you said seen when we moved into the fort it got bad I mean, sophomore year was really bad because that was when I realized that, you know, the German and the French in me could take a lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so I exploited that at every weekend. But that was before, you know, I was drinking weekly. That was every weekend only. But we moved into the fort, and, dude, I just started hammering. I'd get, you know, drunk as hell Monday through Friday, worked a football game Saturday pretty much kind of stay sober on Saturdays even though I put on a good show a lot of times and then Sunday just start over again but oh my goodness dude my grades took a turn for the worse that junior year I I was on academic probation there's what eight yeah. semesters in undergrad on average excuse me I was on academic probation for six of the eight <laughs> It was it was bad. I, I was almost there, but I I didn't quite. I had one sem- the, the one semester I had to fix it. I fixed it. So. My best GPAs in semester were a three point three, and then a two point eight, and then a two point two. My worst was a one point two. Skipped a lot of class. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, me. You remember Cole Counts? Yeah, me and him, yeah, we used to go to class drunk as fuck. We'd, we'd take coffee cups, pour whiskey and Coke in them, and just, just go to class and get drunk I sitting there in class. I did it. Oh, I did it, too. I I did it, too. I, I mean, I did it up until I did it this year. I, me and Cole had this routine, like, every week. I mean, this is outside of drinking during classes. That was, like, every single day, but... Every week we had a routine where me and him would meet up in his room uh, or my room and then we would drink 12, 24-pack, whatever we had. I mean, we were both underage, so it was like 
basically liquor or whatever we could get, we would drink. Yeah. And then we would drive to Zanesville to Chipotle or Hotheads, get a burrito, take the beer into the restaurant with us and get people looking at us, but we no one would say anything, get the burritos, eat them, drive back, and then keep drinking the rest of the night. Yep. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why Cole didn't come back to college is because I don't think he ever went to class. Yeah. Well, that's a big that's a big thing. Sometimes you just gotta go to class, man. That's what I you gonna go to are you going to grad school at all or are you thinking about it? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm three quarters through the process of applying but based on reading and I've been in contact with uh, some professors. I I'm gonna get in, it's gonna be Hood College and it's in Frederick, Maryland. Oh shit. Okay. But that's where I'm, that's where the plan is. Yeah, I, I know. Is it going to be all online then? No, it's going to be in person. I'm going to, I'm going to go there because I have to, the thing is, grad school for, uh, for science, especially people like biology, I'm going for, my master's will be environmental biology. Okay. But for us, it's like kind of different. I, I plan on definitely doing a thesis route. So I'm going to have to conduct research the two years that I'm there and produce a research paper and a thesis and all that. Oh, well, but, you, you can do that. Mm-hmm. But it's like I got to go like in the field and collect data kind of stuff. Right. What, what like part of the field is going to be your specialty, like rivers and streams, wildlife or trees and plants? So I, what I would like to do, what I've like always like my, because everybody kind of asks you is like, well, what is your, they ask you for a research statement, like what would you like to research? And I want to do, uh, I, I'm really into ecology and stuff like that, so. Is that like animal shit? That's like, that's like the whole, like, it, it's, it's basically the environment, it, it's any part of the environment, so you kind of, and it, an ecosystem ecology is like this here I'm like, looking up right now what the exact definition of ecology is I was going to say is that like just basically like the in-depth study of an ecosystem and how it works yeah, it's like uh, yeah it's kind of like the relationship of so the branch of biology ecology is the branch of biology that deals with the relations of organisms to one another and their physical surroundings okay and so you basically what a lot of like ecologists do research on is they'll pick like a population of one specific species mm-hmm. and they'll just monitor it and how like different environmental factors would like affect the health of that population and stuff like that. Right. And so what I want to do mine on is brook trout. I'm, a, I'm very passionate about the whole brook trout. I've never caught one. I don't think I've ever even seen one. They're pretty cool. They're, they, what, it, what piqued my interest in them is they're the only native trout species east of the Mississippi. So now you can really only catch them like in the Appalachian uh-huh. areas, like what, like wild natives. You can also go out west and catch them, but out there they're technically invasive. Um, there's a trout species eastern West Virginia, but it's way south of Morgantown. Well, I guess not way south. It's uh, just east of, what is it? 
what what's a so it's about it's south of Morgantown, but south east of it. So you got Fairmont. If you go south from me, you go in order from closest to farthest. You go down to uh, Fairmont, uh, Clay, Bridgeport, and Clarksburg. But then I think it's south of Clarksburg too. Okay. Well, and then if you go east from Weston, you reach Elkins. Okay. That's getting closer. You'll get into like the national park area. Yeah. Going east. Right in the national park area. The technician I was with when I went to Virginia last week and worked, on the way back, he was telling me about this uh, type of trout that was really, really big in this one area. And like, apparently, Native Americans, like, there's a bunch of cabin places you can rent down there, and there's a big hole, and it's called a smoking hole because. They apparently thought smoke was coming out of the earth right there. And he said that they're, it's like the best area in the eastern United States to catch that type of trout. And I don't remember what kind it was. I wonder if it was the brook trout. I don't know. It could be. Well, that's why if it's a native species, Native Americans fished them. The only, the only one Native Americans would have experienced was brook trout. Okay, so it was probably brook then. Mm-hmm. That's it. They used to be really big, and then the whole after post Civil War, they kind of took a dip. Yeah, they were probably from industrialization and all that. Right. Now they're, they're they're slowly making a comeback. They're really because things are so different now. They don't like get big like they are able to, just for how different. That has a lot to do with like their environment and predators around them, right? Well, it's, it's a lot of temperature, water temps are too high for them to, to get out, to get into like large bodies of water. Right. Like they can't, so like they, you can find them pretty, and like, and they're, they're bigger. If you go up north, like to Canada and in the lakes and stuff, just cause they have a big, They've got cool water that's, they've got a big area to grow. Okay, that makes sense. Another thing that I'm interested in researching, as I've, because I've done, since I've done, uh, since I like got into them, I've done multiple research papers for many of my classes at Muskingum. And one of the problems they run into, especially in the United States, is stock trout, like, brown trout and brook trout or mm-hmm. uh, brown trout and rainbow trout yeah brown trout mainly they're just bigger and they're they're bullies and so they can't adapt to this they, they, they basically pushed out a little bit far to their farther reaches by uh brown a, a species of trout that we that we've implemented as a replacement for this or a brook trout disappearing. Hmm. Seth, so it's kind of it's it's all it's very interesting stuff to me. Okay. So that's what I, that's what I would like to do my research on is just something some aspect of brook trout population ecology, like studying like how they're interacting with their environment, maybe what's keeping them from why they're doing better but not good enough. I guess you would you could say yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, like, I mean, 
I'm no scientist and I know absolutely nothing really about any biology or anything like that. I mean, I can tell you a lot about anatomy to animals, but that I can walk you through it as I'm gutting them. But um, when you get at the end of your grad school and you got your whole thesis paper and stuff typed up and you got a formula or you got your argument and all that done and formulated, send me that thing. I'd like to read that because I mean, I don't know much about trout, but I'm always interested in learning more about animals and stuff like that and anything I can try and get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, that's a, it's a, it's a fun one. And what, it, with, what I like about fishing them, especially like in the, like in the, in the state of West Virginia and I'm sure in other places is you kind of like, it's one as of like where they are now because they're restricted to these really high elevation because mm-hmm. that's where the coldest water is and the streams are so small that these giant brown trout and rainbow trout aren't making it up upstream. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta like take heights and some very pretty views along like these high mountain sh- streams. Like they're just basically creeks. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta walk up. You gotta walk up, and then you. It's just it's 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 kind of like like what I one of my motivators for going into this whole field is I was like a whole I developed at a younger age this admiration for the whole mountain man like living off the land and like hiking untouched forests and yeah all this other stuff and it pursuing brook child is like kind of around here is one of the closest things you're gonna gonna get to something like that closest to getting to be jeremiah johnson because mm-hmm. I, I i could tell you my first experience with them was i took i did my senior trip alone out of high school and so I went on a backpacking trip, and I, I knew about I knew the brook trout were a thing, but I had never caught any. Mm-hmm. I had just I had just started get I just got into fly fishing. I'm like, I think I'm going to try this fly fishing thing out. I was about to ask, how do you catch them? You got like a fly rod, or you well, got you a can, spinner you, rod? You can use like a regular spinning reel. You just got to get some smaller stuff because they they eat the same stuff all trout do. Okay, but, now my dad's got a fly rod. I just. I don't know how to fucking use it. As it takes a little, it takes a little bit of practice, but the more you do it, it's, it's one of those things. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah, I got to buy a fishing license. But uh, <laughs> so you went on a you went on your senior trip by yourself, hiking up into the mountains, and yep. you just kind of happened upon brook yep, trout, or you, you yeah, were like well, specifically I, after them. I wasn't specifically after. I I was I intended I intended to try out the whole Jeremiah Johnson thing. I was like, I'm going to go backpack for a couple days, hike out off, off these trails that are off these streams, and I'm going to try fly fishing. And I'm going to do it all on my own. And I didn't really live off the lamp like I was eating out of my backpack. I had canned food and stuff, but Close I had enough. no intention. I said, maybe if I catch a giant trout, I'll try to cook it and eat it. <laughs> but I, that didn't happen. But I was, I tried out my first, about its little beaver dam pond but it was real small so it hadn't grown up to be a huge lake yet out in the woods all by myself it's quiet it's clear it's hot because it was like july um fishing and i i see it little fish shoot up out of the bottom of this little pond i take my 
fly. And like they spit them out so fast, but after like a two, three tries, I finally got one. And they're they're really especially wild when they're not grown on farms. They're beautiful fish. They've got these red and blue. They've got like red blue dot patterns all down the side. They transition from like green to brown to white, went from like the top to the to the belly, and then they've got up towards their uh, gills and their pectoral area. They they are bright. They're depending on what time of year they're they're orange. They can become like a bright orange right on the pectoral region, like you see on a sunfish. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool fish. And as you come to learn, as I like come came to learn about them more. I'm going to have to look really them up because that sounds awesome. Like Kind of like something I'd want hanging on my wall. Yeah, that's a... You can find one that's big. You'll be hard-pressed to find one around here. I mean, you could you could hang it. I mean, they'll probably be out in Colorado in the, the Rockies, wouldn't they? Yeah, that's what... Out west where they've kind of become more of a... They're a problem invasive species. I, I'm sure they wouldn't even mind it, but yeah, they get bigger. Well, maybe when I go out doing my elk hunt, I'll just get a fishing license tag on also and try and get me one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I went fly fishing out in Colorado this summer. You did? Mm-hmm. When did you do that? I didn't know about it. We took a, we took a family vacation, I want to say June, out to Colorado. We spent a week out there. We went... Because the PLL, the new professional lacrosse league, mm-hmm. we went out, we watched, they had a game there, because they like do travel games, they don't do like home away stadiums, they right. just travel to cities each weekend and play. So we went to Colorado Springs, watched the game, went up a couple mountains and saw the, like Pikes Peak, and uh, we went out, we just explored, and then my dad and I got a, I think it was a half day took a guide and we went fly fishing. I caught a couple, him and I both caught a couple of huge brown trout. Yeah. That was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I pushed my trip back out to Colorado to 2024 because of school and job changes that'll happen once grad school finishes and stuff, but uh, I ain't getting away from it. I'm going after them elk, man. I gotta get me an elk with a bow. That's it. My dad, when we went out there, when he went out there for the first time, when he was searching for chief's jobs, he's like, he's like, that's one thing I want to do is I want to go. He wants to do an elk hunt out there too. Yeah. I mean, if I can't get it done in Colorado, my next stop would be New Mexico because Colorado has the best elk herd in probably the world followed yeah. by New Mexico and then maybe Montana or Arizona. If Montana don't get their wolf population under control, it's going to be... It would be falling in the numbers, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of sometimes it's a good thing. I I don't know with this movie. We I learned about this in high school. One of my teachers, who actually I would come to learn later on, also got his master's in environmental science mm-hmm. at the University of Maryland. But he was teaching at our, at our, at our high school, and he. Uh, uh, he showed us a movie, I think Disney, it's definitely from like the 80s or the 90s or something. And it talked it talked about how the wolf population in Alaska had a lot to do with like the health of 
caribou herd because mm-hmm. they were they were getting like real bad like diseases and they were getting really sick and like they were bigger but they were a lot more sick and weaker because their wolf population had gone down and yeah. once the wolves started to like make a recovery the population went down but the like health wise they were a lot healthier because the only ones the wolves would eat were the sick old like ones that weren't going to make it those are the main ones that they go for right so the the herd looked really good because all the weaker legs were already taken out mm-hmm. yep yep I, I wish I could say that was what was happening in Montana at least last I heard and had an understanding of that's not what was happening though it was it was out of control and the herds were just getting decimated, but they just introduced the wolves out there, so there's no hunting them yet. Mm-hmm. And you know who Steve Ranella is. Yep. Dude, you can listen to his podcast or go on one of his shows or find a YouTube clip. That dude gets fired up over the wolves in Montana. He really? just gets fired up because, I mean, the wolves are just wreaking havoc out there, and you can't, you can't do anything about it. At the, unless they change the law and they don't want to change the law because they just introduced them like three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's going to be, in my opinion, that ecosystem up there's, it's still adjusting to a shock. Uh, yeah. Whether or not it survives that shock, I hope it does, but I think, you can't I, tell. I think it will. Because like my, like I'm no, like even though, yeah, I got my degree, I'm a young gun. All I, all I've, my understanding is less experience, and like I, I just don't have enough years on my belt to under my belt to confidently speak on things like that. But like I, like my personal view on things like like reintroduction, especially of like native species that got kind of decimated. Yeah. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of that, and kind of like my, because I, again, I'm no, no expert. I'm not well versed in what's going on in Montana, but I think if you just kind of like, if they would let it go long enough, it, it'll probably like, solve even, itself, even itself out. Right. Yeah, because I mean that's what kind of what they did in uh, Ohio with the turkey population. I mean it kind of it's backfiring now. But it's been, oh, I'm referring to when they released rattlesnakes, timber rattlers up near Carrollton, where I'm from. They released a bunch of them to try and take the turkey herd numbers down and get them under control. It was before, I, it was right as I was starting sixth grade or somewhere around there. So it's been some years. But now Ohio went from being able to take two bearded turkey out in a year to you're only allowed one. Yeah, and I'm talking season-wise. I'm almost positive you can give it a beard in spring and a beard in fall still. But yeah, yeah, like it's kind of backfiring on them now. But if that's what it's like in West Virginia, I'm not because I've never done it and I'm not as familiar with the turkey hunting. Right, I'm brand new with it. So, do you know the West Virginia? No, because I don't. I haven't honestly even looked at getting a license for anything down here. Um, and the reason being is, I don't know anybody down here. Mm-hmm. So that's it. There's a lot of 
I don't want to like go buy a license and stuff because up in Michigan they have this way of turkey hunting like they have private land tags um, and in public land tags but it it's all basically the same concept except for the private lands is someone's property is getting paid by the state to let other people hunt there and they just got to sign in when they get there so like that's a whole different concept to what I'm used to initially West Virginia doesn't do that I don't know anybody down here. I don't know. I'm not, I can't call turkeys for shit. So, and none of my buddies are going to travel down here to come turkey hunt. So basically I'm like, my hands are kind of tied until I learn how to call on my own. So I might as well just go up to Ohio and call. And Pennsylvania is only an hour and 15 minutes from Carrollton or where we're at up there. My buddy lives in Toledo right across the line or state, the state border in Michigan is a bunch of that private land. So, like, that stuff all works out. But down here, my one buddy comes down, and he deer hunts over near your area, rifle hunts. But he his grandpa has land down here. And I'm not that type of person, you know, like begs him to let me come down and hunt on his grandpa's land with him during that season. That's not who I am. I don't know... You know, I'm not. I'm not going to buy a license unless I have an idea where I'm hunting at, basically, because otherwise yeah. I'm I'm probably going to waste I my tag. Understand that. So I haven't even looked into West Virginia much. I did look into Kentucky because I was supposed to have had a hookup for some private property, twelve twenty acres, timbered in the mountains in central Kentucky. That yeah. doesn't seem to have worked out. I haven't heard any more on it. Uh, yeah. And if I do hear some good news, I'm going to be buying a tag and license down there this year. Also, and I'll be hunting. I'll be down there early September, trying to get uh, velvet buck. But as of right now, it, it's not a promising bet, so I'm not real concerned on it. But I've been all over that property down there where I would potentially have permission to hunt. So I, I mean, you know, what I mean, like that's the difference between Kentucky and West Virginia. I've been on that property in Kentucky. I've walked it. I've been all over it. I've seen sign already. I, I got kind of an idea and a game plan already in my head for it whereas west virginia it's like driving down the road damn i bet that's really good for deer hunting but i have no idea you know what i mean like it, it's when you're traveling different states it that plays a big part into it from what i've learned and the people i've talked to that do this for a living is you, your time is very limited you got to schedule and you got to plan it out to the hour and if you don't have a game plan to go in and find somewhere to sit and get set up relatively quickly, quietly, you know, to get some quality footage where you're going to see deer. I mean, you're not always going to see them when you go sit. But if you ain't got somewhere or a game plan set up to go somewhere, don't waste your time because you're just burning money. You can, get, you can go somewhere else, get some footage, and do something different to where you'll see something, get a shot at something. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, in Ohio, I got places I can, I'll see deer no matter what. Pennsylvania, I have an idea. I'm going to do some scouting here. As I move back home, I'm going to start doing some scouting and stuff like that. Michigan, I have an idea. I'll get an idea once I go up there and I do some turkey hunting. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, but, and that's it. It sucks because I know West Virginia's got some good hunting. And my buddies brought back many big deer from down here. And I want to get down here. It's just... It doesn't it's, work it's, out at the moment. Yeah, it, it's it's well, and I can see how it's it can be hard. I've got a friend, so I've got the the nice, I've got the virtue of having 
family who like collected like a split a, a split a, amongst them my mom's side of the family her grandmother they've all lived there forever and they all live in this valley and so they've got property that butts up against each other so i don't have to worry about right property lines too much but i also don't have to worry about other hunters and so that's what i my friend who went to west virginia wesley and he got his degree in they don't have land and so he's always had to hunt state lands and i can see i especially if you have hunted state it, it's a challenge public, public lands and big issue that i i know he always ran into is other hunters you, you plan on going to a spot and you get there and you see two other orange vests like yep 30 yards from where you planned on sitting yep I mean, I've also kind of eliminated that problem for myself on public land, if I ever would hunt public land. But it doesn't make it any easier because that just means i got to walk further into the woods. But I, I'm, I've am i gone more to a bow hunter than gun hunting. But that possibility is still there. I could go into an area one day, scout it out, and be like, oh, this is, this is going to work. Go back in the next morning, and there's someone sitting in the tree I want to be in. You know, it... It doesn't matter whether you're carrying a gun or a bow. Public land is hard to hunt, and that's why everybody says you better be prepared to hike. Yep. In my opinion, public land, the deer that live and thrive on public land are the smartest animals on the planet. On the planet. Because they are chased like no other. The pressured so heavily. You're from like late, depending on the state, from early September... All the way through the end of Feb- or the beginning of February, that's what six months, something like that, six seven months. Yeah, I don't feel like doing the math right now, but that's a lot of pressure to take. You know, th- those deer have got to be the smartest animals on face planet, in my opinion. Yeah, at that point, it's just luck. Until they hit asphalt and then they're fucking retarded. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, like. That, that's the challenge of, you know, trying to do what I'm trying to do this year is I've got a lot of states to get to and a lot, not a lot of time to do it. Yeah, that's... Because I am in full-time grad school. I'm working full-time and trying to do this full-time also. Mm-hmm. So my props to you trying to do a lot more in a major to go to grad school and do something way harder. And still... Because I know you like to be outside and go hunting and stuff and... Finally, that lacrosse is over. I'm getting a lot of fishing in, too. Oh, I know. Man, I I couldn't tell you how happy I was to get on the boat so much after track season was over. Mm-hmm. My senior year going into that first summer, dude, I was fishing all the time, but I wasn't catching anything but buzzes. But, you know, it, it was awesome. Yeah. Now I miss track so much that I'd give my left toe to it, go run again. Mm-hmm. That's the issue that I'm running into right now, and that's my current life conundrum. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been three years since I've ran competitively. Yep, my big conundrum is so I'm getting ready to go to grad school, and I plan on being physically there at the campus. Mm-hmm. They've got a lacrosse program, and you have I've, eligibility. I, I've got yeah, I got two years of eligibility. I've, are you gonna do but, it? Yeah, it's it's also 
lacrosse is a it's a huge time commitment. It is. It one hundred percent is. I don't know if I'll be able to do all the things that I need to do to like actually like I did it in undergrad, but grad school for me is going to be a lot different. It's going to be a different thing. Yeah. And I one and then two. I'm also just old. I'm getting old. That and I'm sure Sarah's going to want more of your time. Well, but she she's got another year at Muskingum. Oh, does she? Yeah, she's got another year. Well, I didn't know. I yeah. thought she was the same level you were. Yeah, she, she or uh, credits wise, we're, we're fairly close. Yeah. Like she she based she technically credits only needs another semester, but I know she's going to do a full year. She wants to play again too. Mm-hmm. I don't. Well, blame she actually took this year off. Oh, she didn't play this year. Nope, to prepare for her MCAT, which she's got. In What's that? Week. The hmm? what what what's she preparing for? The MCAT. It's it's basic. It's your test to get into medical school. Oh 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 oh. Yep. Tell her I said good luck. I I don't want nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. I say yeah. So she's been she's been a whole ball of stress. I'm sure. Year. I'm sure. I've never even met her, but yeah, I'm sure she's stressing out. Every time I've gone back to Muskingum, you've been. Either a practice or you've been in the library doing homework. Yeah, that's it. Then again, I mean, I was always every time I stopped back this year, I was I went over to the the knockoff fort and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was just messing with those guys over there. Yeah, that's it. I, so I kind of regret not spending as much time with those guys as I used to. And some of it, some of them think it was like sterilized and everything, but like. Sometimes it was just like I'm starting my. It was just like I'm starting my life, and the 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 right the right thing. I just couldn't couldn't be over there all the time. Well, here's the thing, bud. I did it basically the opposite, right? I, I spent three of my four years at Muskingum totally engulfed in Ulster life. I mean, I was in sports and classes and stuff, but like, let's be honest, my my life down there revolved around Ulster, right? Yeah. That did not. That created habits that it took two and a half years, three years to break before I was able to like start getting on track and stuff. You're you don't have those habits to break. You're you're, yeah. you're ready to rock and roll. You know what you want. It took me a while to figure out what I wanted. And that's because, you know, I, that party lifestyle, it's hard to leave whenever you're younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm only 25, but, I mean, my body's beat up enough that I feel like I'm 45. But it, it's, let's put it this way. Every time I go down there and visit that fucking campus, mm-hmm. there's freshmen that have heard about me that I have no idea who they are. Don't yep. know which story they've heard, but my name's still getting passed around. And that's not who I am anymore either. That's, yep. you know, the stories they hear when I was a raging alcoholic and mm-hmm. could do anything. I could drink anybody on their table when they, when I was that person. And now I'm like, I see a bottle of liquor and I want to go the opposite direction and hide under the couch. Mm-hmm. So yeah. don't, people are going to come and go. People are going to judge you no matter what you do based on your decisions. At the end of the day, you just got to, you know, don't worry about them. 
Do what you yeah. gotta do to set your life up. You know, if they're really your friends, they'll eventually come around and realize when they go through it, they'll realize, hey, he was right, and maybe he can help me now. Yeah. So. And, like, and I've got, I kind of like I. People like I've, I, I kind of went through that. Say I've gone through that same process, just kind of in a. I, I kind of got a, a rapid. I got a. I had I had to do it a lot quicker. Because I I know you remember, and I'm not going to go into like too much detail, but you remember the whole incident, legal incident. Yes, I do. Happened my freshman year. Yep. And so that whole, like that, like some people like saw it, saying I've talked to some people about it. I haven't talked. I, I didn't always talk to everybody about it, but that was like a hard. That was like a hard reset for my life because. I couldn't imagine what I would do in that situation. Well, that's what, like, I thought, I was, like, I was almost, like, I was almost geared up, like, not, like, geared up, but, like, like, there was, like, the looming thought. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I I talked to you many times during that whole ordeal. Like, I was, like, my my whole life is, like, over. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm done. Like, I, like, I wasn't, I, like, I probably went through I went through some depressive states but like I wasn't like I wasn't like I'm a gen, like I can keep my spirits up and keep my moods up keep my mood up and like I didn't like it didn't didn't send me spiraling too far down I never had suicidal thoughts or anything right like, never, never do anything like but I was like well my life's over yeah like so like I, like it it and once like it kind of got better, like it was kind of like a hard gut. Like, all right. After so that, what, you're like, what do you what do you do? What are you gonna do now? Now right. that your life you're isn't like, over, like you have fought for the past. You'd be standing there at a party, months. and you'd be like, I don't know if I should trust what's going on right now, or if I should leave. What we that's what like I I I thought my life was over. Like I like I was I was completely prepared for like. The life that I had, that I knew it to just stop right then and there. Right. And so, but that never came. And I, and so then I was like, all right, well, how are we, how are we going to restart, basically? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how I would have done that if I were you. I know this, though, if things would have, well, if I was you, in your you spot. Have, you, you, like, it wasn't like, the, it, not like under the same circumstances, but like you, you get it. You've been you, right. You, you're in like kind of like this. You've done the process. I mean, I went through my own, you know, form of stuff. Like I had that legal trouble my sophomore year, where you know I I pissed on some dude's garage when I was drunk in the middle of New Concord, and I motherfucked the cop verbally, and I was underage, and I pissed on a guy's garage less than three blocks from elementary school. I I went through my own ordeal, but it was nothing like yours. But at the same time, like if I was you, and you know things would have gone sideways completely. I mean, you've you've known me long enough. You could probably tell where this is headed. But I would have been hitting them mountains, and I've been gone. I've been making them find me. And we had, and I had I had those thoughts many times. Like they they ain't gonna find me, and if they do, Lord help that, them. Lord that help summer, them. I. Uh, 
I work, I work at, 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 at the mine and we're pretty tucked in the woods. I'm like, I get, and they're like access roads to like the deep woods all over the place. I'm like, I could just drive up one of these and all of these issues for myself and for my family would be over if I just disappeared in the woods right now. Right. But I obviously I never did it because because the truth came out. Yeah, well, you talk yourself down, and you, but that's what it, that's what I'm saying. Like I, the process that you've gone through, it took it like it, it to, took me three years after college, college, and it it took you one one semester of college. Yeah, it. it I, I I but I've been through like that same, but so now I'm like. I, I kind of feel like you feel like right now, like I've got a lot to do and I've got very little time. Right. Yeah. Someone the other day was messaging me like, how do you get, like, why are you doing everything you're doing? Like, I don't understand it. And I was like, well, I don't want to be in a physical labor field all my life. So I'm going to grad school to get my teaching license to get out of it and to have a better career path. I said, I don't like being broke. So I'm working full time as much as possible. I'm doing observation hours for my grad school. I've got a wild passion for the outdoors and deer hunting. So I'm trying to make this happen. And I'm tired of being fat and out of shape. So I'm in the gym constantly getting ready for a Spartan run next month. Because, you know, I've always been a fit, active person as long as you've known me. And three years after college, I've just let myself fucking go. Like last, last October, I was 210 pounds. And nothing but barbecue and Coors Light. But I've got all the, all this shit going on now, and they're like, how do you keep up with it? Like, aren't you tired? And I was like, yeah, but that's the thing, though. Like, to chase a dream to do what you want to do in life, sleep yeah. do, sleep does not matter. You can you can sleep three hours and get after, or everything you want, and that three hours is going to feel like eight hours. Anyway, like, for me, like, you're, you're going to be... Once you hit a certain age, you're going to be tired no matter what. Yep. So you might, you might as well get as much out of the time that you're not tired. Ha- you have your fun now. Yeah. Have your fun now while you're young and you can go do things. You know, you don't got children. I don't have children. We're not tied down. I'm not saying like having children is like a life alt ending commitment. I mean, it's altering. It's not ending. But like when you have kids, you can't just pick up and travel one weekend when you want to because you got to take them into consideration where you and me be like huh I don't have to work Friday yeah it means I don't have to be back at work till 6 a.m. Monday uh, I'll get off 5 o'clock Thursday night alright I'm going to fucking Tennessee let's go you know like yeah. we can just pick up and do that as long as you know we have the money and shit but yeah that, that's the whole ordeal about being young like my brother's on his third kid he, she, he just had Marianne right on Easter. Yeah. He can't pick up and leave and go anywhere he wants to. I mean, he doesn't really have the desire to, but, like, I have this desire to go see so many different states because I just know what kind of beauty's out there. Like, I want to go to New Mexico and Arizona and Texas and, yeah, I don't give a fuck about Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi. I don't care about those states. Yeah. I don't give a shit about Florida. But I, I love North Carolina. I've seen enough of South Carolina. I don't care about it that one. But I want to go to Tennessee. You know, there's more places in Kentucky I want to see. I want to go Colorado, Montana, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Idaho, 
I want to go through all these different states. I would like to get to Alaska, but I don't see that one ever happening. That's that's a big that's a big price tag. But even like maybe if you did, don't even have to go. Like you enjoy the outdoors, you don't even have to go hunting or fishing or anything. I I, I would just like to go to Alaska just to go. Just it, to it's see. it's more expensive for me no matter where it is because I don't fly. Ah. I, I was willing to put the flight thing to bed and fly over Christmas last this past year um, certain things happen uh, ate, I ate those plane tickets financially I ate them and I decided that that was a piss poor reason to give up my fear for flying so it's not getting given up for anything unless it's life or death like zombies are after us and we gotta get in a helicopter to leave to survive so at that point, like, you know, I'm taking a boat to Alaska if I have to. Or I'm driving up and around the panhandle through Canada and stuff. Yep. So it's more pricey for me. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've seen Die Hard 2 too many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, back to that whole, uh, like, we're young, we, we can, like, do stuff like that's that's kind of like why I'm do I'm going straight into grad school and that's because I I don't know what I want to do as like a career like I kind of like have these plans for my life mm-hmm. but the, these plans for my for for like my long long down the road life like having a family. I would like to, if I could, I'd probably like to end up living in West Virginia and like building a career of some sort. Right. And having like a nice big plot of land that I can manage because I like I like the whole environmental management stuff. So like a, a piece of land that I can just environmentally manage my on my own. But that's that's far down the road, and so. Right. I totally I, get I, that. I don't know what I want that career to be. I don't know, like what, like exactly what I want to do. Well, the so, good thing is, I mean, you got a lot of doors open for you because of the major you took in undergrad, and you got your degree. There's a lot of doors open for you right now, but going to grad school, you're going to open up a lot more doors, and you're going to open up that salary door to go up through the roof. Whereas, yeah. you know, I'm a te- I got a history degree. I, my doors are limited. I get that teaching license, master's degree. I open up a few more doors. My yeah. my earning potential goes up, but it still has a cutoff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, environmental biology is a career that it doesn't matter what part of the field you go to. That career, it's still relatively like unknown. So there's a lot of openings and opportunities everywhere you go for that. Yeah, and, and like that's why this is kind of like a whole. Like a, it's kind of like a, a like a learning, a, like helping me learn what I want to do kind of deal. Because right. I'm going to have to do my thesis and my research and stuff, which is like the same stuff you'd have to do if you want to become a professor. So I'm kind of te- I've done the whole. I've interned at a mine and their environmental compliance department. I'm, at an, I'm interning at an environmental consultant right now. So they like they like do work hired by the state. 
and and private companies to do environmental stuff. And so I'm doing, I've, I've done like the whole private end. Mm-hmm. And I, and I've like, and not like private labor end basically. Right. And now I want to try the whole like research, more academic kind of stuff. And it, it may turn out I like that more. And that's I was talking to my advisor, Danny Ingold, and he, he was like, you see it like the, in the classes that I had with him, it's like, you seem like the person that may like, become, may want to become a professor someday. So he's like, I completely support, I completely encourage you to go to grad school. And then if you find out you like the whole like academic side of what you're doing, you can maybe decide to go on and get your doctorate, become a professor or something. I think that'd That's be a good, like, good thing I'm still for open you. to that. You'd be a good teacher, as long as we keep the the burnt rental movies away from you and the Mountain Dew bottles and <laughs> the other stuff like that away from you. Yeah, that's why it's nice. At least like our biology department at Muskingum, they're pretty pretty lax, laid back guys. I don't know a single one of them to be honest with you, because the only science class I took on Muskingum's campus was a Gen Ed geology class with the short little Asian guy that you can't understand. Oh yeah, I had Rob and then Van Horn. Van Horn was a pretty was a really cool guy too. Was by geology classes. I'm very bad at science, so I did everything in my power possible to stay out of that building as much as possible. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? You did a funny part about like you know we were talking about our ACT scores earlier. I did I test well and I did fairly well. I got the 28 the first time and 29 the second time. You were always a smart one. I, like you were, you you definitely didn't seem as smart as what you were when you get a first impression and look at you. But you are. Well, that's why I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I like to keep people on their toes. I like, <laughs> I like, I kind of like. I don't like, but I kind of like when people like make assumptions about you, and those assumptions are wrong. Oh yeah. And you can, and you prove that they're wrong. Oh yeah, I know all about that. I mean, how many people in college thought I was just a an idiot that wasn't going to graduate, and then I got out of there with that degree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I like I like that whole kind of I, I like that whole that whole deal. But you were saying science wasn't your really, I was before I planned on doing environmental science, so like I I had always had this goal of owning like all this property and stuff. And I was, I was like, you know what? You know who I would only have to go to school for six years and I can make a crap ton of money? I'm going to go be a dentist so I can get this. I can get it. I can earn a bunch of money and buy a bunch of land. A dentist. A dentist. So I was still, wow. but I was, so I was still on the science deal. Right. When we, took, when we took those ACT scores, my highest grades were math and English. Huh. I, said, I didn't even do as well on this, but like, Science, those weren't, those weren't my, I like statistics and math, and that's a big part of, like, ecology, it's, it's a lot of, like, running statistics. Yeah. So, that, but that's, like, the only part of math, like, I'm still, like, good at math, but that's the only part of math that I actually enjoy doing. I'm terrible at statistics, but, like, as a junior, I was supposed to be in calculus in high school. So, I was good at math, but I just didn't put any effort in from senior year on. Yep. I don't remember my scores individually for subjects, but 
it was definitely social studies reading and then pick a letter from there. But yeah, I mean, math was probably right around the middle, but yeah, I, I test badly in ACT, SAT type stuff. So yeah, science was my, was my lowest, was my lowest. It was my lowest too, I believe, but I don't like, I don't have an idea what the numbers were. Mm, a, my, mine were pretty closely grouped. They were all like one or two apart. Yeah. So like if I got, I want to say like I got like a 30 in math, 29 in English, a 28 in social studies, and a 27 in science. So like it was like the lowest of those four, but they were all within like one of each other. Right. I'll tell you what, one test I really wish I would have taken when I was younger. I mean, I'd be open to it now, but like I've graduated college. I'm in math in grad school like so I've expanded my knowledge from the time I graduated high school till now by a lot my I, my buddies who went to the army one of them was told he was an idiot for choosing to drive tanks with his ASVAB score I mean yeah. he probably was cause he could have been doing did, a lot easier take, stuff yeah, but I wanted to take an ASVAB I don't remember how it's scored it's been that long since I looked into it cause I was a senior in high school when I looked into it that's but, I did take it as a senior in high school. I wanted to take that because, like, how, how is it scored again? Oh, crap. Is I it scored out of 100 or is it start at 100? I can't. I couldn't remember exactly how it was scored. I can tell you I did really well on mine. Like, I felt like I would have done very well because it was all, like, it, it's not like the ACT score or test or SAT test. It was, like, a test of common knowledge. Yeah, it's like a it's a big common knowledge test, and then and then like it's like they throw like random stuff at you. Like there's a whole like mechanic section. Oh yeah, which I mean I wouldn't have been great at the mechanic section, but like at that time I was doing I had been doing side jobs for my dad for a while, and I mean not like not like a regular thing, but like I had been doing side jobs with my dad for a long time. I would have smoked that test, dude. Like, smoked it. <laughs> I had... I'm sure you would have. It, it's not, it wasn't... When I took it, I was like... The three-quarter... Like, some things I was like, oh, I'm struggling at this. But, like, three-quarters of that half hour, I'm like, this is almost a waste of my time. How easy it is. I mean, no offense to AD. AD scored high enough. They put him into... What, was, what did he go to? Intelligence? Like that, I can't remember. Yeah, like, I mean, he, ha he had a security clearance and everything when he was in. So, I'm not trying to call AD dumb if he, I doubt he listens to this, but like, I'm not trying to call AD dumb because he's not dumb. He just, he's like the rest of us Ulsters. We make bad decisions. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, AD crushed that test and got sent to, he had the choice of going into intelligence, is what I believe he went to. And then there's my buddies from high school who took it, and one's a horizontal engineer. And one was a cow scout. One was a tank driver. The tank driver, he scored way higher than the, the other guys, but he chose to drive tank. The yeah. cav scout and the horizontal engineer, <laughs> love those guys to death. They're, they got a lot of common sense, but they are limited when it comes to testing. No, I'm not yep. saying they're dumb by any means, but when it comes to putting thoughts on the paper and taking yep. tests, they are not the brightest crayons in the box. Mm -hmm. 
And surprisingly, the horizontal engineer just got pinned staff sergeant last weekend. So it, it's a weird world, I'll tell you that. Yep. Yeah, that's for sure. Yep. Yep. But uh, so your plans are now to go to grad school, and you're gonna fill out what you want to write your thesis on, whether you want to mm-hmm. do. It's kind of for me the the issue there is working under a professor like who's gonna like help guide you through that whole process mm-hmm. that is familiar with like it's like I can't like have somebody who does genetics on plants help me with fish. Right? Are you are you dead set on that Maryland school? I mean, I'm not like dead set, but like my. Like, yeah. unless I took a gap year, my options at this point are fairly limited. Because, like, this is one of, like, two schools that said, like, we've got space for you. We'd like you to come. I've had – I was really interested in going to Eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But the professor, I had a long talk with her. She helped me through the whole process. Right. But she was like – if you were to come here, I would be your professor. And she's like, but I'm taking on a new role in the department and I can't take on any new grad students. Oh, I mean, well, that's good. She was up front with you. Yeah. Instead of trying to reach a quota and then screwing you. Yeah. That's what, that's what my situation, I was in contact with another, like 10 other schools that all said the same thing. Right. We like, we just, I just don't have, you would work at, I found a professor that I would that would help me do that. I contacted them. I'm like they would like if they had like another professor that they could refer you to at the school they would. Right. But like there were at least ten other places that were like So when you you, you did your grad have, school search. Under me. So when you did your grad school search you you did it by what professors could help you with uh we'll we'll call it the brook trout right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because when I did my grad school search, I just looked for what school would take me. Because yeah, I, I did not like have the grades. Ecology, like people who I, I so how the whole search process for me is I go on like scholarly websites, places where people post their research, and I look up like stream ecology or brook trout mm-hmm. or something, and I look through all these thesis papers that have been posted in the past, and look what universities they came from. Yep. And I get in contact with them. That's that's a good way to do it because I wish I would have had a better route for me to get into grad school. But I graduated Muskegon with a two point two, so my options were very very limited. Yeah, like I got accepted to Grand Canyon, I got denied at Liberty University, and I got accepted into Southern New Hampshire University, all yep. for online stuff. Southern New Hampshire was willing to, like, bring me in and put me through, like, you know, like a probationary period, per se. Yeah. But their program they approved me for and were trying to put me in was basically just, like, another bachelor degree. Like, I wasn't going to get a licensure out of it, and I was going to do the same amount of work. And I was like, well, that's not really what I'm interested in. I want the license to go with this. I don't want the... I mean, the license doesn't go with it, obviously. You got to apply to the state you teach in, you know, for the license and stuff. But 
it was it was bad because they were like just trying to get me like that bachelor's degree style stuff in two years whereas Grand Canyon's like yeah we'll get you in a licensure program you will not take any history classes you won't take math classes you will take what it takes to get your license the requirements for your license and that's it and we'll put you in a probationary period for two classes not like a semester or something like that two classes probationary period you show us you can do it we'll give you scholarships and we'll go from there I was like all right bet yeah and I, I mean I posted about it online already like I'm eight seven eight classes in I got four classes after this one before student teaching and I have straight A's 4.0 student yeah and yeah I couldn't be happier I mean I do struggle to get a hold of Grand Canyon sometimes but they are two hours behind us so I mean it's a little bit of a little bit of time issues there but it does give me two extra hours to get homework done like when mm-hmm. They say midnight, that means 2 a.m. for me. So Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> it, it's rough, but it, it came in handy, especially the night I killed my buck. I had homework due that night, and I neglected to do it until after I shot my deer, and it was 80 degrees out, so I had to gut it and skin him, cape skin him, which took me like an hour and a half to do because I'd never done it before. Then I had to quarter him out, throw him in a cooler, go to town, get ice, come back, and I shot him at like 7 o'clock, so I'm like, already pushing it I think I finally completed my assignments that night <laughs> One thirty. but yeah I mean it, it definitely came in handy because I, I would have failed that that assignment yeah but yeah I think you, you so you're going to grad school you're going to you know learn about how the world works inside of a stream's stuff and how brook trout thrive or die yep what, that's what, what I, 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 if I can't do the whole brook trout thing learn about just doing some sort of stream ecosystem stuff yeah it helps because that's where they live right you'd be right up in the wheelhouse mm-hmm. what else what other plans you got real quick uh That's what, uh, I don't know if I'm going to play lacrosse in grad school just because like, there's a whole thing that, yeah, I like playing. And I know, just like every college athlete, I'm going to miss it when I'm done. Right. Well, the problem is if that don't school's know. coach gets a hold of your film, then <sighs> then you're going to have a problem. Nah, I've got pretty good. I did I did pretty well. I didn't do so well this last, this past year, but... I think it, I think it was just because of the years and the time I missed in between freshman and like a, that was kind of like yeah. a soft lump kind of deal. Was just had happened to be my senior year. And he gets a hold of that film and he's gonna be like, "Damn, this kid's got he's got it. He's gonna be on, he's gonna be on you." And then you're gonna be like, "Man, I do miss it." I just don't know if it, if there's if there's gonna be time enough in my life to devote to devote to it I guess oh yeah I agree it's going to be a challenge it's going to be a challenge um, because grad school you're, you're planning on moving up there you going to get a job with it up there too I don't know I, I'm probably going to need a job I'm applying for an assistantship which would be basically what it would do they're pretty much paid like for 
my school my schooling while I'm there. Yeah. So I I like have my money from the summer that I wouldn't that I could save that I could save through the summer and then just spend while I'm there. Right. But that's depending on whether I get this citizenship or not. If if I don't get it, I very may well have to work while I'm there. So then I'm doing research and working and going to school. That's that's not going to leave a lot of time for lacrosse if you do decide to play. Yeah, exactly. And I want to. I just spent the. I spent my past four years living thirty minutes at a time between lacrosse and school, and I. I I don't know if I could. Oh man, I know that feeling. If I could work, if I could do it for another two years. Yeah, I I don't know. I, you, with your major, I don't know how you did what you did with lacrosse and stuff, but like, with the easy lifestyle I had on that campus, looking back now, I don't know how I was able to do it because, you know, I was working for the football team practically year round, ran track in the spring, and had classes, obviously. And now, granted, I did skip a lot of class, but. I, I I don't I don't know how I had time to do anything or live my life because I did go deer hunting a few times in college. I did go fishing quite a bit in college. Uh-huh. I I went and did things, you know. I went to Kent State on weekends quite a bit there my senior year. Um, uh-huh. I I don't know how I did any of that because looking back and I was like I had no time to do anything. I had no money because all the money I had went to either my fuel tank or my my drinking habit. Yeah, that'll burn a hole. Yeah, I I don't know how I did it, but I mean, we were young and resilient. I I have that I have that bonus of of uh, like being being experienced and not losing that experience by going straight in. Because I know a lot of people. I have a good bit of friends that I know plan on going and getting their masters. But half of them are taking a gap year. Yeah, I I know that's going to be a challenge getting back into that whole the whole school groove after a year off. It, it is. I took two years off. It, it's a challenge, man. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, doing the homework and stuff, it's like riding a bike. You just hop right back into it, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. But what the challenge was for me, anyways. I mean, granted, I am online, so it's a lot harder to remember a lot of stuff or what it's yeah. due because I'm not physically speaking or seeing the teacher tell me it's stuff to do is knowing when things are doing making sure I'm getting stuff done before their due dates because I practically got to get online for grad school every single day just to make sure I'm not missing anything and it's not like I have assignments to do every day I my grad school is all set like all the programs are set up identically I got assignment due on Saturday, I got assignment due on Monday, and I got assignments due on Wednesday. My new week starts on Thursday, and it goes to it again. So, like, every single class is like that. So I know I don't have assignments due randomly. But in my head, I'm going, all right, something's wrong. This day's been too easy. I got to get on there. I got to see what's going on. And then it'll a lot of times I'll be like, oh, I almost messed up. I almost forgot to do this because I got to do participation discussion topics and stuff and it, I mean it's easy 
there's a reason I got a 4.0. Let's put it that way. It's yeah. easy. It's just you know I gotta remember. Mm-hmm. I gotta remember, and that's the that's, that's the hard part about taking a gap year, gap two years, whatever, and getting back into it is remembering assignment. You gotta like actually do homework. You know you can't just go to the bar like you used to every day. But yeah, it, it. I think you'll you'll do good in whatever field you go to. Whether you decide to teach or you you know you go out there and you decide to bring the brook truck brook trout back out in thousands of numbers. Yeah, that'd be that would be nice. And get your name written in West Virginia history books forever. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, we've been on here for about an hour and fifteen minutes on the phone for a lot longer than that, but. Uh, or I'm gonna have to get try and get up there and towards it, you know that big old party town this summer and hang out with you and stuff. It's been yeah. quite a while since I've seen you. Yeah, well, as long as I'm not traveling for work, I'll be here. Well, if you do travel over this way, shoot might, shoot me a text. I might be here. I very well might. I'm here till my lease is up October first, so I'll be trying to get out of here by the end of September, but. Okay, I'll, I'll probably be at school by then. Yeah, yeah. But if you're over here this summer traveling and stuff, let me know. I mean, I've been to Michigan and Virginia and back already this summer, so. Mm-hmm. so you got a place to stay no matter what when you're over here. Yes, sir. I'm, 20, I'm 10, 15 minutes from Ashland. You know, I'm right across the river from Ohio, three hours from Louisville. Or three hours from Lexington. Three hours from Lexington. So I'm yeah. I'm kind of in a good spot, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of a lot of skinwalkers the closer west you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure you know all about them skinwalkers up there by Morgantown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lot lizards and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Sarah doesn't listen to this because if she knows what the term lot lizard means. She's going to be like, wait, where'd you see that? Yeah. Man, oh man. Yep. What a life we live. What a life we've lived. <laughs> lived is right. <laughs> Looking back at some of them parties there at the fort. Oh, boy. I don't know how I'm still alive. I don't know how you're still alive. I don't know how Squints is still alive. I don't know how we kept that house until COVID. Uh, I, I don't know how any of us were still allowed on that campus. I mean, granted, they basically shoved a piece of paper in my face and begged me to get off, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of good times. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Nope. But, yeah, I'll have to... We'll have to get together this week this summer go fishing or something like that throw some cold ones back and shoot the shit and have a good time like we used to yes sir but, uh, all right buddy well i'll let you get to i don't know if you got to work or not but right. in the morning but i'll let you get to sleep i ain't got to get to work in the morning yeah well you have fun with that <laughs> i'm going back home and turkey hunt so all right well I, then good luck to you that's I appreciate it. I need it because I can't call for shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you got it. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for coming on. Of course. I'll see you.
Later, buddy. Yeah. Oh, man. Talking with that guy never gets old. I'll tell you what. The first time I met him, the first thing I thought was, is this Burt Reynolds' son? He looked identical to Burt Reynolds, just had long black hair. It, it was awesome. But uh, good kid. Um, rooting for him and all his goals and stuff going forward here. Uh, I, I'm very interested in reading that paper he's going to have to write for his grad school. That That's going to be something cool to read. Um, but maybe we'll get him on uh, actual YouTube show and stuff like that. Or, I mean, possibility of him coming on podcast is probably pretty good again. So, but, uh, yeah, he, he was a very good lacrosse player. Um, in the last two to four years that, that the whole entire team and players struggled with, you know, COVID and stuff like that and other injuries and stuff. It was like, start, stop, start, stop. Hard to adjust to. Um, but yeah, he, he Hazen was a very good lacrosse player. Um, I do remember seeing a couple games of his. Um, he's very quick. He's very, very smart. Um, very One of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Um, he's very quick-witted. He can... He, he can show you that he's very smart, but, I mean, there's pictures on my phone from college. He's just... He's a redneck like us, man. Redneck like us. I love it. But uh, with that, I'm going to hop off here, eat some food, do a uh, little bit of training for work, and then uh, I'm going to get after them turkeys Saturday morning. So, you know, like I always say, get out there, live your life, and have fun, man. Uh, you only got one life to live, so go out there and live it. Have fun. Take advantage of it. Um you know, don't have any zero days. Doesn't take it don't matter what it is, small it can be the smallest thing in the world, but if it moves you an inch or a centimeter closer to your goals, you did something that day. It's not a zero day. Don't have zero days. So with that, you know, get out there and live your life, have fun. Um, this is Grindstone Adventures, episode fifteen. And we had Hazen Powell on the podcast today. And I am your host, Zach Fear, and I am out.